Hey everyone, welcome to the Cattleman You Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K-Rose Company and Cattleman You. Through our conversations here, we share the latest ideas and techniques to help you start, improve, and expand your farmer ranch. Join us as we visit with industry experts and cattle producers to get honest ins and outs of beef production. We'll dive into topics such as cattle handling, nutrition, cattle markets, genetics, and so much more. We encourage everyone who's involved in the industry to listen. Let's dive in. Today on the Cattle Menu Podcast, we have Tyler and Jared with us. And before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about winter weather. So just know that wherever you're listening to this, we are all cold. So thank you so much for being here, guys. Why don't you um, take a minute and introduce yourself? I'm Jared Hardy. Uh, we're with Lutz, uh, based out of Oman, Nebraska. We have offices in Lincoln, uh, Grand Island, and Hastings. I've been with Lutz for now it'll be 18 years here in January. Um, I do a lot of consulting, uh, financial statements, auditing of uh, different ag organizations, construction companies, manufacturing. So nice realm. Um, born and raised in Nebraska. Been uh, part of the Cattlemen Association as associate members for a number of years and uh, very involved with uh, that industry. My name is Tyler Hohenstein. I'm a tax manager in our Grand Island, Nebraska office, kind of centrally located. So we are kind of big in the middle of beef country in Nebraska. Um, I'm originally from extreme northeast Nebraska. So in the area I grew up, I was little more row crop but you don't have to go very far to get into the cattle industry kind of like jared i dabble in a, a lot of different industries mainly egg and construction grew up doing construction and my fiance's family is in the cattle business so getting a lot more ingrained in that on the actual doing the work part rather than just the accounting part of it Great. And for our listeners who have not heard of your guys' company, can you dive a little bit into exactly what you guys do and what you offer and the ways you're kind of integrated as a company in agriculture? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, uh, like I said, we're based out of Omaha, but we have offices out in the the central part of the state in Hastings and Grand Island. Um, Lutz has been around since 1980. Uh, we, we started down in the normal, say, core accounting CPA type firms, but now we like to think of us as a business solution firm because we have a lot of different aspects of, of our firm that helps us apply things for all our clients. So we have built that upon client requests, more or less, that they've asked us over the years of, hey, what should I invest in? Uh, should I... Can I? Can you help us with our IT? So, so the branches really start playing into our main pieces is the core accounting services. That's you know the the variety of audits, financial statements, tax work, tax consulting um, plays into our tech group, which is IT services, managed services is what we refer to it as, with along with project based uh, IT related computer based services, uh, financial, um, just like I said, investing type aspects of, you know, 401ks, financial planning, um, retirement services, M&A, which is mergers and acquisitions. Uh, it has a business valuation branch. So we've done a number of valuations of different businesses, uh, ag-related, feedlot 
specific in a lot of instances. And then a LUTS talent, which plays into recruiting, accounting, HR, uh, IT folks for different companies out there. So again, we're trying to be a business solution firm, but you know, right now we've had a lot of aspects in the ag industry to help in a lot of pieces. Um, myself and Tyler have done specifically accounting related services and consulting with a lot of our ag-based clients. Yeah, man, I mean, like Jared said, both of us are in the accounting field. Jared does a little more on the financial side, financial statement side. I do a little more on the tax side, but I would say both of us like the consulting side probably more. And there's a lot of firms and people out there that can get you a tax return or get you a financial statement, but where we can get the value added with our clients is where I think we can separate ourselves and the stuff that we really enjoy doing. So, so it plays into a lot of uh, working with the different lending industry pieces, the farm credits, the, the local banks, as we've seen over the last five, 10 years, many of the operations continue to get bigger that require bigger lines of credit, bigger term notes. So some of those different financing uh, arrangements require better or more accurate financial statements and have a, a forward-looking process of budgeting or whatever it may be to help them, meaning the banks or financing institutions, get comfortable with lending money and making sure that a operation can expand or do the things that they want to do and get to the places they want to get. One thing we were just talking about recently is how in agriculture, we don't outsource as much as other industries. And so owning a marketing business, outsourcing is something we do all the time, right? Not only in a personal side, but in a business side. And it seems as if agriculture has been slower to outsource. And one thing I think almost every person does is outsource their taxes. But we see a lot of people who still internally do all of their bookkeeping. Someone in the family is running their books um, and then they're preparing them and getting them ready for taxes. And so let's talk a little bit about some of the advantages to working with someone who either does your bookkeeping 100% or can kind of come in and consult on those books before it really gets to the tax stage. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as that goes, there's a lot of advantages. So say you have somebody in the family that's doing the bookkeeping and just waits till the end of the year and turns it over to their accountant. They only know what is going on in their operation. Whereas if you're outsourcing, say you're working with somebody on our team or whoever your accountant is or whoever your consultant is, they have a lot of other instances that they're working with other producers. They say, hey, this worked well with so-and-so. Maybe we can implement it into what you're doing and help you out. And at the end of the day, the person that's doing the bookkeeping might not actually like doing the bookkeeping and they're better suited in the operation doing something else, something that fills their bucket more. And that's where I think we see a lot of our value at is we can let producers do what they do best and we can kind of fill in the holes with whatever service line that they need or where their need is. And that's where we like to get in front of our clients and not just wait till the end of the year or wait till they're ready to file their taxes and talk to them. We kind of like to talk to them throughout the year and say, Hey, what are your pain points? What keeps you up at night? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great aspect with that. We, we do anywhere to really be hands-on in the QuickBooks and, you know, help with a lot of transactions or as Tyler said, is play into quarterly or monthly 
and just get their information, look it over, ask questions, think about what, what's going to happen in the future for a producer and just help them along the process and help them make the decisions. Hey, do we need to buy, you know, this piece of equipment or what, what, what's the plan for this and what benefits in the tax world or what may a financing institution look at that? And is that going to hurt you with getting financing for a different project? So just as Tyler, it's just another ear, another piece of it. And a lot of times a family member is not educated or has a background or went to schooling for accounting, they're usually thrown in that position. And just to be able to add that extra knowledge and how, how things flow or how things work and who looks at them is very beneficial for the folks we work with. I think another thing on that too is in producers, a lot of producers that I work with, when you talk about transition planning or retirement planning, they don't really think about it or I mean they just kind of plan on working until they can't and that's something that you can't draw up in a day so it's good to start those conversations earlier rather than later and if we're able to build that relationship like we try to do that's something that we like to kind of get in front of. Succession planning is such a hard topic in agriculture and I just opened a retail farm-to-table store in Kalispell, Montana, and I was talking to someone about how we always talk about, you know, our kids or our grandkids ranching, and that's just part of our everyday conversation. And I was looking at the car wash across the street, and I said, I wonder if they have the same conversations. Do they say, when our kids own this car wash, or is that just you know a season of their life? And we have this legacy aspect to agriculture, but as an industry, the majority of us are not doing a very good job of setting up the next generation. We think it can happen quick, but I mean, they say it's a 10-year process, right? In order to pass it successfully from one generation or even get the process set up to have that happen. Is that accurate? I think that's fairly accurate. I mean, usually they say it's at least five years because there plays into a lot of different tax rules that start playing in. A lot of the seems like legacy type operations got organized as a C corporation. There, there's different aspects to look at that. And is there potentially converting to a S elected corporation? And, you know, there, there's some benefit and that the longer you have to gain those benefits, the easier some of those transitions happen. And you start to structure things a little bit differently based off of the different tax rules, tax laws to try to, uh, as best you can as a family, to pay the tax as efficiently as possible, because a lot of times, as Tyler indicated, somebody doesn't think about it until unfortunately something happens, somebody can't work anymore, passes away, things like that. And if you don't plan for those, that makes it really hard. The other big aspect that we seem to run into quite a bit is the next generation may not have the same aspirations to be a part of the business. So then you got to start looking at what happens to the business to gain the biggest benefit for the family. At the end of the day, there's a lot of scenarios where some siblings want to be involved in the ranch, some siblings, it just doesn't make sense. And the parents want to make sure everybody's taken care of. That's something that you can't just dream up one day and say, hey, this is it. And that's where it's good to work with a consultant or advisor to kind of say, if you want to do that, then this happens, or if you want to do this, then that happens. 
And I mean, at the end of the day, fair and equal are the same thing in a lot of those scenarios. So it's just nice to have a, another group of brains to kind of walk through that as you're kind of planning for that. I would say in the egg industry as well. I mean, so a lot of times the states happen, you divide up the assets and everybody goes on their way. Well, in the egg industry, you have cattle in the feedlot, you have a herd of cows, and that business keeps on going. That doesn't just stop when the estate occurs. So you need to kind of do some planning on business continuity, how that plan rolls forward. Also, management transitions. Say you have someone who's been the manager and has been making all the decisions for years and years, and they're the person in the estate occurs. Now who's making those calls? And that's where you can see some button heads and it's uncomfortable. It's just is an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's better to have those conversations sooner rather than later. You know, and, and that plays into lots of the big approach and how we approach that. So many times when we get involved with a new client or get referred into a client, a lot of times the, the prior CPA may have been that, hey, I'm going to drop my stuff off, get my tax return done. And, and that's the only contact. We would rather, as Tyler said, is be in communication with you throughout the year, try to help you through these things. But the other big piece is exactly what we're talking about, having those difficult conversations for transition planning to at least have it. Because, you know, I, we've met a lot of different producers and a lot of times their mentality is my son or daughter is going to take it over and I'm going to, you know, they probably have in their head, I'm going to work forever. I'm never going to die. You know, that that we all know that's not going to be the case. So we try to start those conversations, at least get some thought process and get some things in place to try to help that next generation to get off on the right foot. One thing I've been really passionate about, and I talk a lot about inside Cattleman U, is making sure that we are the generation that breaks the curse of having our kids responsible for our retirement. And I talk about that a lot because multiple generations, every bit of their retirement is tied up in land and in the assets and the operation. And so I think that's part of the reason why succession feels so tricky is because they don't have a 401k, they don't have a Roth or IRA, or they don't have one that could sustain them. And so they feel the moment they let go means the moment they're out of money. I talk a lot about investing. It doesn't have to be a lot. It has to be 50 bucks, right? If you start young. I mean, for some reason, I think in agriculture, we kind of miss that investing conversation compared to other industries. How do you guys approach that next generation coming back to the operation? And what are some advice that you give them when it comes to retirement and investing? You know, as your your operation continues to get bigger and the and the the labor force seems to be more challenging, you know that that plays into some of our Lutz Financial group that plays into retirement services or advisory services to help set up some of those plans. You know, so there's a lot of benefit to be able to do that as a potential owner or owner to set up some of these things to be able to set aside some of that money to gain the biggest benefit along with giving a benefit to your employees to potentially retain them, to add another benefit, to make you more desirable compared to a different operation. There's a lot of aspects and I agree with you. And, you know, unfortunately 
we see it in other business owners too in the different industries is the biggest asset that typically a business owner has is their business. And that doesn't matter if it's land or operations or whatnot. They don't think about retirement. That is another great conversation to try to consider, hey, we, we can pay into this 401k or different retirement tools and to show them there's some tax deduction potential, there, there's some setting some money aside just in case, hey, you know, something happens to the operation, you have another asset to be able to retire on. That, that's a great conversation. It's one we have a lot because I can't imagine the pressure that our grandparents and parents feel. And I see it a lot. I hear that conversation a lot. Well, this is all I have. If I pass it on, I have nothing. It's time to start thinking about your goals for the new year and how you're going to get there. Finding a community and learning from others can help you reach your goals. Calvin U Membership is accepting new members from January 16th through 19th, with doors opening on January 15th for those on the wait list. The membership is perfect for you or anyone you know who's progressive and proactive. Not only that, but Calvin U members will get first chance to purchase their spot to our new She's a Hand Ranch Camp. Sign up for the waitlist at calumnulive.com backslash join and get 20% off when you become a member. So the other thing that I want you guys to really talk about is picking an advisor because I see two things happening when I work with a ranching family who maybe the parents have an advisor that the kids don't like and they feel obligated to work with that advisor. Or people find the first person that sits next to them in church that's an advisor and they hire them. And it's sort of like real estate agents, right? I mean, the top tier of them do most of the business and it takes a little bit of talking and building a relationship and deciding who you want to work with. So do you guys have any tips on if someone's going to hire um, a consultant, hire someone to kind of be on their team, what that process should look like and kind of what are some green flags and what are some red flags? I'll start, Tyler, jump in. You know, a lot of times there's an absolute relationship comfort level with talking about business because a lot of times their business, they do something that they believe is something that makes them great. And a lot of times it is. So they're very hesitant to bring anybody involved with that to the fear of that secret getting out. Um, so there's an absolute comfort level with getting an advisor. It doesn't matter, attorney, CPA, banker, whatever it may be. So you got to have a comfort level. So it has to be the right fit that you get somebody that you can get along with, that you can communicate with to make sure they understand what's going on and what's going through your head. You know, the other, the other big piece that I, I find that that's very challenging, at least in the, the accounting realm, is the the transition plan in the CPA world, because a lot of times, just as you indicated, the, the family has their CPA that they've worked with for 30 years. Well, unfortunately, that CPA is in its 60s or 70s. Well, if that next generation has a, a challenge, does that CPA have a transition plan? Do they have a team that helps them that there's another person that they can contact uh, as that CPA starts to think about transitioning to stop working because that's going to happen too. Um, lots were team oriented uh, as Tyler indicated, 
I, I do a lot of financial state and consulting aspect. Tyler does a lot of tax, but we have multiple folks that get involved. You have a point of contact that you can call and feel comfortable to have that relationship. But that doesn't mean there's not more people that know what's going on with the business. So as that transitions to the next CPA or whatever it may be, there's a plan in place. I, I would say that next generation, that's one big thing that uh, a relationship and to be able to have a person for their career. Yeah, I would say just kind of piggybacking off what Jared said. When you have, I mean, we're seeing it a lot, especially in central Nebraska with public accounting firms, the lack of succession planning. So you have practitioner that's nearing the end of their career and say your parent is has been with this guy for their whole agriculture career and they're both retiring at the same time. Then there's a lot of holes to fill in. Whereas if that succession planning piece of it on both sides is pretty important where say I get run over by the proverbial bus and Jared has a relationship with my clients. It makes that transition a lot easier for Jared to step in and say, Hey, Tyler can't help you, but I'm here to help you. Having that team approach compared to my previous experience, public accounting has shown huge benefits. Also, I think with consultants, I mean, it's got to be somebody that you feel comfortable with. The stuff that makes me cringe is when a client comes in at the end of the year and said, hey, I bought all this equipment or I did this or did that. It's a lot nicer when you can build that relationship up to where they feel comfortable enough with you that they can pick up the phone and it's a five minute call and say, hey, kind of planning on doing this. What do you think about it? I think that can add a lot of value. And sometimes it doesn't make sense and they need somebody to tell them, hey, this doesn't make sense. And at the end of the day, that makes a better decision for everybody and makes the operation run best and may help cash flow, may help tax deductions. However, there's just a lot of factors that play into it that we get to see a lot of times in a year where the producer only gets to see it on their operation. That actually happened with my dad's accountant. My dad had must have had this accountant for 35 years, longer than I've been alive. And he got an email that said he retired. Just, I mean, out of the blue. Then they introduced the next one. And my dad said, this kid's smart. You know, he's will be fine. And we have a really great bookkeeper, office manager that does, you know, the paperwork. And so that transition is easier. But one thing that my dad said is, I had never worked with anyone else. And so he's like, now I have to learn a new personality and I have to know like how they want to be contacted and all of this stuff. I noticed that between who I hire and who my dad hires. My dad is definitely more laid back, right? Not super tech savvy, wants to have in-person meetings. All of that's fine. My bookkeeper, I expect, and my consultant to get on Zoom and to answer questions on Zoom or mine is on Slack right? And I can slack them a message. And I think a lot of times when we're looking at family dynamics and family business that we feel as if, oh, our parents hired them, we need to hire them as well. And I actually think that it's probably one of the better things we do that we have separate people to go to because we can each be very comfortable with our relationship. But also we have had times where I've said, here's who my dad works with. You know, can you... email them and chat about these topics and figure out how we should best combine this or approach this and bring it to the table. And also it's more of a team aspect, which is what you said. You know, if you work with an individual and they don't have a team and the next generation has their own team, 
it can kind of mesh a little bit better. What are some kind of pushback that you get with new people hiring you, not just in your business, but what are some things that people are a little bit nervous about when they first contact you that then ends up being one of their favorite services? So, so initially, a lot of times, just as you indicated, there, there's there's a long history with a professional service advisor. So they the first thing that I typically they worry about is this person has known my business. This person has known all the ups and downs, things that have happened. Am I going to lose that? You know, there, there's a lot of times that hey, they're they're the tax return says this and says that. You know, there's pieces that we can figure out, but to know and have that transition, whereas we have a lot of times a transition plan. So that first initial piece of it's always challenging to make that that leap of faith and going, okay, are they going to be as good and do the things I, how they want it? But a lot of times we we provide that extra service of not just being a compliance, getting the tax turn done. We want to have those extra conversations to try to get to know the business better and spend the time understanding it. So that is the, the biggest leap of faith along with, hey, what does your fees look like? I would say, unfortunately, the professional service fee is getting very inflated and very expensive these days. So the CPA has maybe done it. That is probably the, the, the other big shock that happens going, oh boy, John Smith has always charged me this, but you guys are that. Well, there's a lot of extra value that we try to provide that helps that to make more money to be able to offset any of those additional costs. But unfortunately, as Tyler indicated, some of those, at least in central Nebraska, we've seen it a lot, those CPAs are retiring and not getting ready for that fee transition or what things they can do to uh, handle that or budget for that has been a real challenge. Because uh, we have people come and unfortunately have gotten that email or that letter from uh, another CPA and just basically said, we can't do your tax return or work with you anymore because the the workforce and we can't hire people. And we've seen that over the last year and a half, two years. And it's, it's a real challenge if you don't plan and try to find that representative or professional service advisor. Upfront, a lot of times those fees sound really expensive and kind of like you brought up what their favorite part of it. If the client feels like they're getting taken care of and the value add is actually adding value to them and you're not just giving them a tax return, a lot of times those decisions end up making them more than your fee is. So you're offsetting that fee for one. And if they can get a relationship that they feel comfortable with, a lot of times that fee isn't an issue as much anymore as long as you take care of them and they feel like they're getting what they're paying you for. Responsiveness seems to be one of the biggest things. So as the industry has had challenges in the labor force and, you know, some of the CPAs that have worked quite a few years and worked quite a few hours, we're seeing that that's not the case as some of the younger generation. So it's getting more challenging for that. But that plays into what we we try to be responsive. As Tyler said, hey, we don't want to be those CPAs or those business advisory folks that you send us a message and you don't hear from us for weeks on pond weeks. 
we want to respond and be able to try to get connected so you can make decisions and not have to wait for, for us to respond. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, that I try and remind people of often is if you are switching firms, you absolutely have to price multiple out, right? I mean, expenses is part of the equation. It's amazing to me when we kind of get pushed in a corner, right? Someone retires, they change their business, they're no longer doing ag, whatever it looks like. I feel sometimes we don't price things out. And this is little things, right? Like the best example I have is from this summer when we priced out tires. My dad made two calls and saved a ton of money on tires. Part of our natural human instinct is like, okay, I need it now. I know this place. I'm going to call and just book. And I think in agriculture, we could do, we could save a lot of money pricing out and getting one or two quotes. And it's not a fee game, but you might find that one is way above industry and one is way below. And then you need to figure out why. And you need to really understand, am I paying market value? Are they adding value? What am I paying for? And I just see that a lot as humans, right? We like make a reaction and we're just like, okay, I'm just going to go here. And we don't ever make a second call. And I think that second call can tell us a lot in everything, right? Buying equipment, buying tires, hiring someone in our business. And so I just want to encourage the listeners to make sure that they kind of know what is the industry standard and what comes with that dollar value of any service or expense they have. You know, that, that that's probably the biggest uh, advice in that piece of it is, ask a lot of questions, spend time, meet with the individuals. Many CPAs will want to sit down with you. If you get the one that says, drop off your stuff, here's your amount. I would ask a lot of questions. And, you know, in that relationship aspect, I would want to have a meeting of some sort, you know, phone call, Zoom, in-person. seems like the ag industry is a lot of in-person and that, that, you know, being where we're at in central Nebraska, we have a lot of folks from all across the state that it's not that far a trip and a lot of drive a long ways. We're more than happy to meet with them. And there's a lot of times that we're in a, a vehicle and driving to on site and just meet with folks throughout the year. Just like Jared said, make sure you ask the questions and figure out what you want or what you feel like you need. I mean, the analogy I use a lot is you can eat a steak or a hamburger and they're both going to make you full. The steak might cost a little more, but I guess I don't know about everybody else, but I prefer eating steak over hamburgers. Um, so, I mean, you just got to figure out what you want and ask the questions and see uh, what the advisors can give you. And it may cost more, but it may add value that's worth that to you. Absolutely. You have to know what you're getting. The other thing too, that sometimes I think we forget is to utilize all the services, right? We do this with a gym membership. It's like you get a gym membership and you go twice and then you think it's too expensive. But if you went five days a week, it'd probably be too cheap. And so, you know, when you hire someone to partner with your business, it's a puzzle piece, right? But you need to make sure that you're utilizing their the services and remembering what services that they offer And a good advisor will remind you of that because you trust them and they trust you. And they'll say, hey, do you remember that we can, you know, look at your succession plan or we can sit down or we can have an in-person visit, all of that. And I think sometimes we just need to 
remember to ask a ton of questions. I don't think we ask enough questions in agriculture, um, but also we have to know what the whole offer is and really dive deep into that. And it's a big decision, right? You're showing your books to a stranger. It can be a lifelong partnership. I think you have to interview them just like you would an employee, right? You got to ask all the questions, see exactly how they can fit into your puzzle. And you have to know when it's not a good fit. And when you need to say, hey, I need someone who has a little bit more experience here, or I'm going to interview someone else and and be able and be comfortable saying that because they might not click with one person and really click with another person on the team. And it's important to, for everyone to feel comfortable with that decision. Completely agree. You know, a lot of a lot of different aspects. The, the tax law is continued to change and you know, as the politicians want or try to is make it simpler, but they continue to add layers what makes it more complex. I don't think that's ever going to change. And all the different pandemic programs that were out there with the PPP loans, the, the employee retention credit programs, the, the different state type programs, having somebody that has different teams and has some of that knowledge that they're not the only mind that's helping with the project that they have people that they can go to, not necessarily that are going to be part of the connection relationship, but they know they have resources to utilize. That's been a big advantage that Lutz has had because we have these different programs and different groups. You know, the other scary thing that we talked about earlier is what's the other thing? Well, they they believe Lutz is maybe too big for them. They they want the small one-man shop that's in their local spot. Well, unfortunately, that one-man shop may be able to do a couple things really well, but they may be missing out on a lot of big big items that could be missing out on different benefits for the operation. So we try to keep it as small feel to be that one-man shop feel, have those relationships and know that we have a lot of resources that can help out with a lot of the ever-changing environment and, you know, the politics and government and whatnot. Yeah, I always laugh, you know, when you sign off on your tax returns and it's like, yep, yeah, I've certified that this is 100% accurate. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, since I know about 1% of tax law, <laughs> I can say that I really trust my CPA and the conversations that we've had. So I think that having you guys as partners and having a business advisor can absolutely change a business. And I know there's a lot of Kettleman U members who are at all different stages and listeners who are at all different stages in their business. Talk to me about what it looks like for them to reach out and kind of, is there a better time that you recommend? I mean, is the first of the year a good time to reach out or is it sort of when needs come up? Talk to me a little bit about what you recommend if someone's considering interviewing you guys to bring you on as part of their team. Yeah, I would say a lot of times it's it's just to reach out at any point because things are going to come up. Um, right now is the the time of year of what we provide to a lot of our clients is tax planning. This is the biggest aspect to try to look at year end and figure out, do we need to buy that piece of equipment? Do we need to change a little something how we're doing it? Do we need to contract out some 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 cattle for, for next year? There's a lot of aspects that this is a great time of year to reach out uh, for that, but there's things that are always going to come up. So I would say... Don't be hesitant if you're even considering and going, this has been my my family CPA that I can see he's he's getting 
older in age and looking at that next uh, next phase of life, we'll ask the question of that individual and go, hey, who who's going to be my next person that I'm going to start working with? Because I'd like to start getting to know them. And it may be a perfect fit, but a lot of times it, it doesn't fit perfectly. And it's a time to start doing what I'll call interviews with new professional service advisor. So anytime, um, you know, we, we respond phone, Zoom, email, all those aspects. So if you, if you have questions or just want to reach out to get to know us, that'd be perfect. I mean, COVID's added a lot of avenues of communication. So it probably sped that process up, but it is nice. I mean, we can communicate with anybody anywhere and we have clients across the United States and foreign clients as well. So the communication part of it is pretty easy on our end. And like Jared said, I would say just feel free to reach out. And if it's a deal that maybe your current advisor doesn't have some services and you think that some extra consulting would help you, it's all right to reach out just on those other consulting pieces too. I mean, Jared and I live in the accounting world, but Lutz offers a lot of other services and we refer people to those other services a lot too. And maybe you're in a good spot with your CPA at this point and you want some of the other services and in five years, your CPA retires and now you're looking for a new CPA. And then that's kind of a natural fit sometimes that, you know, I've been working with Lutz on this piece of it. Maybe I'll just transition some more over there or whoever your advisor is. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of times that, just as Tyler indicated, we have clients that only may have done our business valuation aspect or may have only been part of our Let's Financial with a, a potential retirement planning or may have needed a new bookkeeper and we need help finding one. That's Let's Talent. We don't have to be connected as a CPA in any of those pieces. If you just have questions going, hey, I heard something on this podcast of you guys do this. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. And it's a chance to get to know and we always like to know more people in the industry because that that's where some of our knowledge comes from is just talking to our clients and figuring out what they're going through so we can help some of our other clients. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, encourage any of our listeners to reach out to you guys if they have any questions. Um, the other thing too is you can always use a second set of eyes. So if you don't feel like you completely understand what happens with your taxes or you want someone to look over your year in books and you do them in-house, whatever that looks like. I mean, it's worth a couple hours of consulting time to pay someone to give a second set of eyes because I think that we get kind of this nose to the grindstone and the 50,000 foot view from someone else can be really helpful. So we'll be sure to put all of your guys' contact information in the show notes and encourage our listeners to reach out and just make sure we can do ranching better. Sounds great. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for being on. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a great day. Lutz is a business solution firm born and raised in Nebraska with offices in Grand Island, Hastings, Lincoln, and Omaha. They invest in long-term partnerships with farmers and agribusiness owners. Lutz has extensive experience in the agricultural industry and provides accounting, financial, technology, M&A, and staffing solutions tailored to you. To learn more, visit www.lutz.us backslash ag. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cattleman U podcast. Don't forget to subscribe at cattlemanulive.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to review when you get there. We are excited to learn alongside you. And remember, the grass is greener where you water it.